The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hassa, Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Happy Saturday. Yes, happy Saturday back at you. Here we are again from 2 to 3 p.m. Giving you all kinds of news about real estate, mortgage, and all things related. And I'm so excited about our guest today. Yeah. So, so me excited. Too, me yes. Too. Do we want to tell everyone who yeah, it is? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so... I got a chance to hear her speak a couple months ago. Marilyn Strickland, who is the president and CEO of the Seattle Metropolitan Chamber of Commerce. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. It was great to meet you at the Renton Chamber event, and thanks for the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. Super excited. So we're going to get to you here in a little bit, uh, but uh, you've got a lot of topics you want to cover here in our first segment, oh, not sure. just market rate updates, but uh, what else you got All going on there, economic, Mr. Lots going on yeah. in the, uh, always the beginning of the year, and as we have coming into uh, 2019, uh, with the mortgage markets, there's a few things mm-hmm. that are going to impact us and interest rates. The Just first a few? One, yeah, Only a few? One, China. Let's talk about China. Aha. Uh-huh. Well. Let's do. They're struggling right now. Their economy is just hit its slowest growth rate in over 30 years. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> so Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well. You're not Chinese, even. I know. So it's an interesting phenomenon. And you know me, I'm kind of economics nerd here. But uh, you, you got to wonder uh, what's going on there. Number one, their export business is down significantly. Okay. But also their domestic demand is down significantly. And the two are interrelated. So this is a question. Are these uh, tariffs you know, really starting to have their impact on mm-hmm. China? And how willing is China going to be, knowing that their growth rate is plummeting, uh, to um, growth know, weight or rate growth rate? <laughs> okay, to, yeah. to uh, step up to the to the my bargaining growth table. weight is the problem, but yeah, uh, your gross weight, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, yeah. So yes, you're right, so, but you're right. I mean, because why would somebody be incentivized? Sure, absolutely. So the the, the financial markets like the status quo. They like stability. Mm-hmm. They like to know what to expect, where things are going, and and Uncertainty causes volatility, mm-hmm. causes uh, with mortgage rates, it causes the rates to bounce up and bounce down and that sort of thing. Yeah. I'm very, very curious about what's going to happen here. We'll be following it very closely, of course. And uh, and we'll see just what the, the general impact is on interest rates. So sure. far, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's actually been a positive impact on, on interest rates as this news is starting to work its way into the financial markets. Okay, so that's so, good news for our clients mm-hmm. who are... Right. Buying and selling properties because yeah. that means there's a little bit more affordability potential. Correct. Um, and sellers who are trying to do move ups have great opportunity right now with the way the market is locally, right? We've softened a little bit, but that means contingent offers are also more palatable for a lot of the other sellers, right? Palatable? Yes. Oh, it's palatable too, as as well, which well, is good. You know, <laughs> so, either way. Yeah. You know. you know, and what's interesting? Potato, potato, whatever, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I try not but, to make but, fun of your Norwegianness. Well, good luck with that. No, the the the. But the issue is that the the home values are not necessarily falling. 
No, it's just no, the no, rate no. Of and increase that, is see, that's the beautiful high. part. I just, you know, I've had so many listing appointments recently, mm-hmm. and that is a big part of the conversation we keep having because a lot of my folks, some of them are doing move up, some of them are doing their downsizing, um, but they they want to know like, should I go ahead and purchase something else? Mm-hmm. And what I'm telling them, you know, because they're like, oh gosh, did I miss the peak? I'm like, well, you might have missed the frenzy. But we are still in a place of growth. So, you know, if you've got a timeline horizon, like one gal in Sammamish I was just talking to recently, you know, she's got a timeline horizon of five to seven years. That well, fine. that totally, you know, she, yeah. she wants to move from Sammamish to Kirkland. Oh, yeah. That is a that one will be wonderful place for now. her to move just to, especially with all the growth with companies like Google going right. on there. There's a lot of demand right. because they don't have, you know, a lot of the housing building up fast enough in that market area. So she'll, she'll benefit from that and there period. there is going to be, I can say without question, continued strong growth yes. in Kirkland. It's yeah, just absolutely. inevitable. It's, it's on its way. You know, Renton has the same thing. A mm-hmm. lot of our market areas have that. Tacoma has that right now. I mean, everywhere, you know, unless you're out in a boonie spot, you mm-hmm. know, it just, it, the, the Puget Sound region is still very, very strong. And as you and I were talking about, as we came into January of this year, you know, what we're anticipating, and we'll see how the rest of the year goes. We're still expecting growth of three to 5%, depending on what market you're in, on a conservative level, mm-hmm. right? Even right, if we're right. at two and a half months of inventory, because I watch every day what goes on with the number of new and price reduced homes compared to the number that go pending. Mm-hmm. And we only have a delta of five to 600 homes total each day. And, you know, the, the delta then of what actually closes has not really changed much. Mm-hmm. So it, it paces about one third behind the actual pendings. And that's because you and I both know it's inspections and uh, financing that are the things that can kill deals. Not, you know, sometimes it's buyer remorse. But so not every pending deal actually makes it to a successful closing. But we're seeing similar numbers right now. Right, and that's right. and it's been consistent now for many months. Um, if I start seeing a creeping of inventory to where it's like four to five to six months, I'm going to feel differently about that. But right now we're pacing pretty consistently. Yeah, yeah. It's going to hang in there, I think. And that's good for us. Affordability is the key. And right. low, low interest rates, interest rates remaining fairly low are a massive factor towards affordability. Yeah. But these house prices softening up just a little bit is equally huge. Mm-hmm. So we are seeing, I know I'm seeing a lot of my transactions, the sellers are picking up some closing costs now. We're seeing a lot of that. Yeah. And a that- lot of, our first time home buyers, which of course we're going to mention our classes, mm-hmm. our first time home buyers for the first time in six years have now got a situation where there are some, uh, you know, amenable sellers to what's going on yes. uh, with with what they're trying to accomplish, right? That's right. That's so right. it's 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 a win-win all around. Uh, and I don't even like saying that term. Usually it kind of makes me want to throw up a little bit in my mouth. It's like synergy. Um, but, you know, <laughs> a little overused. <laughs> but, but in this case, I actually believe in it. You know, and it's the same mm-hmm. thing when I talk to the buyers and sellers and they're like, well, is now really a good time? I'm like, I'm not one of those, you know, thumping on the table real estate agents who's like, Every market, yeah, it's a great well, time. Because it's not. It's okay. not always, it, depending no. on your personal situation. And that's the thing is it's personal. Absolutely. And markets are cyclical. And the only way you know that you're at the bottom of the cycle is by looking backward. Exactly. It's like, oh, 
it was there. Yeah. You know, you're not going like to know me looking it at Christmas dinner happens. and going, like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. where the five pounds came I, from. I can think of <laughs> in my career, I can think of one day where I know the cycle changed. And that was August 2nd. You know, Ninth, oh, excuse me, 2007. 2007. Yeah, you and I both know that day. The day the financial markets melted down yes. you know, and led to the Great Recession. Yes. We knew that one without without a without a no doubt, without a question. question. At actually, all. September 11th, um, yeah. you know, 9/11 yeah. uh, was another one. Yeah, and, and, exactly. And those are the only ones I can really actually look back and say, yeah, we know mm-hmm. we, we're making a turn here. Things are things are going to be absolutely. Different. But right now, uh, it's kind of steady ahead. We're getting back into a more of a normal market. Mm-hmm. Same thing with interest rates. Uh, the other factor that may come into play this year is mm-hmm. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Okay. So Fannie and Freddie are uh, were quasi-government agencies right. that purchase mortgages from lenders. You mortgage mean quasi? <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to pick Fan- on you all the rest yeah, of the show you now. You got me. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's on. It's on. It's on. So, uh, so uh, now Fannie Freddie during the Great Recession went into uh, receivership. They went yes. under control of the government. Uh, there is talk now of taking them out of that. And that could happen two ways, three ways, really. One way is that they just go private again. You can mm-hmm. still buy stock in Fannie Mae. You can buy stock in, in Freddie Mac. You know, they, they're not trading for much. Buck, I don't know, about a buck buck eighty for Freddie Mac. And I think about two seventy eight for Fannie Mae last time I checked, give or take a penny or two. Right. But, um, but as they are taken back private, they would have the opportunity to, to recapitalize and uh, and and keep going on doing their business of buying mortgages from from lenders. Uh, the other way is that they could actually be taken into conservatorship, which meant that anybody that owns Fannie or Freddie stock, they lose it. It's going to be worth zero. The bet is that they will be allowed to re- go private, recapitalize right. their private ind- enterprises sort of unofficially backed by a wink and a nod by the U.S. government, just like mm-hmm. what happened back in 2009. Right. So it'll be interesting to see because if they do go private, will that change competition uh, for mortgage-backed securities? Competition Yeah, that's exactly what I low. was curious. And, uh, and so, you know, so there's, there's some push. Well, wasn't that when we had all of their competition and going back to China, mm-hmm. back before the meltdown, the Chinese, as I understood it, owned a whole heck of a lot of mortgages and still do right and and other foreign entities yes absolutely Mm -hmm. and that is one of the reasons that rates remained fairly low because we were essentially borrowing money from foreign governments Mm -hmm. to finance our government and to finance our debt so everybody's sort of in, in that respect economically globally everybody's sort of holding a gun to each other's heads mm-hmm. right. know, on yeah, on, uh, on exactly. all of that you know we all have to play play nice with each other or else we we could see defaults and that wouldn't be good for anybody well and frankly you know i'm glad we talk about these kinds of things here on our show because as you and i both know when we sit in our classes the the typical consumer especially when they first begin thinking about buying a home mm-hmm has no concept of any of this. Right. They are not even remotely familiar with it. They just see big name, local name, bank, credit union, you name it, mm-hmm. and think, oh, that's uh, that's who I'm getting my money from. Right. Uh-uh. And nope. Not Sorry, even, that's not, not always the case. And, and, you know, everybody's following a similar set of rules, and all of this can impact you. A speech can impact you. An mm-hmm. economic event can impact you. A statistic can impact um, your monthly payment for the next 30 years. So it's. I, I believe it's important to, to just be 
aware of what's going on out there mm-hmm. globally, Absolutely. economically, because th- these factors can really influence your, your your interest rate and your monthly payment. Yeah, 100%. So, Do you yeah. want to throw some out there real Absolutely. quick before we uh, finish up this you segment? Bet. Here we go. So the national average 30-year fixed rate conforming loan today is hovering at 4.59%, and uh, which is nice. You know, we were up, we're up over 5% about three, four weeks ago. So it's looking good. 15-year fixed rates, 4.15%. Okay. FHA and VA, 4.19. Nice. Get out there. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a veteran, please, please, please give us a call. Oh, yes. We'd love to work with you. Uh, Jumbo 30-year fixed rates, we like Jumbo too, of course, Mm -hmm. but 4.38%. Okay. So rates are are staying right. Yeah. Those are... But, you know, those are portfolio loans, and we've talked about that before, too. So I see why they're there. They're higher risk. Everything's kind of hanging in there steady, though. So when we come back, uh, we've got Marilyn Strickland with the Seattle Metropolitan Chamber. Stay tuned. More Open House with Dean Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The Answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock bringing you information on real estate and finance. And all things related. That's right. And we have class. Well, classes. Yeah, I was going to say that's questionable for you, but, but yes, you and I both have yeah, classes. We, have, we do. We do. And we have one coming up on February 23rd. We do. Yes. And we did finally finalize the date. It is West Seattle, is it yes, not? Yes, it's going to be at the Youngstown Cultural Arts Center, which is in West Seattle mm-hmm. on Delridge Avenue. Kind of a cool little venue there yeah and we've we've been teaching there for quite a few years yeah it's, just a, it's a funky place. reuse of a old public schoolhouse sure is you easy know? to get to and and just a just a great thing so mm-hmm. this class is the official first time homebuyer class sponsored by the washington state housing finance commission and you and i have been teaching these for a awful long time yes i had somebody surprised the other day i was talking about how many volunteer hours we do because we do a minimum of eight to twelve of these per year right. just for this mm-hmm. and uh so that's you know a good 70 hours if we're hitting the the 12 mark and i know we've already had several of them already mm-hmm. uh and we will continue having them absolutely but i do want to remind our listeners especially if you're a business owner or you're working at a business uh where you think this would be useful you know, that class has a bunch of information about how to buy with low down, zero down, down payment assistance programs. And they recently raised the income threshold for more people to qualify. Right. It's clear up to $145,000. So if, if your income is one forty five or lower, uh, you could be eligible for zero down financing, which is significant. In yeah, which market. a lot of our clients are utilizing mm-hmm. right now. In the, the class that we did in January, uh, pretty much everybody coming out of that class is looking to mm-hmm. utilize those. We've got more and more people going under contract, um, utilizing those programs. Right. Uh, and, you know, th- they cover a broad range. I mean, you know, the, your job can be anywhere around here, but the housing can be anywhere. There's no restriction about where that housing lies other than just what you can qualify for, of course. So, um, you know, if you, again, if you're a business owner or you think this would be useful, connect us with your HR departments. 
uh, and we're happy to work with them because we do. This is a five-hour class, but then also if you have employees that uh, are beyond that threshold, we also do offer a two-hour program mm-hmm. that just talks about what's going on with the local market. Uh, you know, the whole financing sector. Because the thing is, a lot of people, if they haven't bought ever, mm-hmm. they aren't familiar with the process. And even if they're doing a move up and it's been a significant time period for them, a lot of things have changed, especially since 2010 and 2012. Oh, you think? Yeah. Yeah. I sure right. do. That's right. So, no, this course is designed to give you the tools to be highly educated know the process yes. and be a more successful homeowner. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, um, we just throw that out there because we want to know that people are getting the, the benefit of what's available to them. Right. I mean, I think it's a great program. It's one of the things that Washington State does that we don't actually pay for as tax mm-hmm. dollars, but that is a huge benefit for our local, you yeah. know, local Matter people. Fact, we should get on. We had um, Corinna Obar from yeah. the Washington State Housing Finance Commission on mm-hmm. a couple months ago. We should yeah. get her back on as well and just update us on some Absolutely. of the new yeah. cool programs coming out. Yeah, and, and you can always go back to some of our old shows and uh, search for what, when we yeah. did have her on. Absolutely. However, let's talk about who we have on today. Yes. So excited. So once again, Marilyn Strickland, who is the president and CEO of the Seattle Metropolitan Chamber, that's a big mouthful. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Reba. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here. Eric, uh, you know, I think he was kind of like, oh, we have another chamber person. Okay, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, oh, my gosh, no. So, listeners, I want you to know, uh, Marilyn came and spoke. So many of our listeners know that I sit on the board of the Renton Chamber of Commerce. And we do an annual uh, event where it's an economic forum. And we had uh, – one of the gals from Zillow, who is like one of their, you know, ex, you know, uh, experts around economics, she came in, and then we had you as a speaker, and I just fell in love <laughs> with what you had to say at that function. I mean, I had people behind me just going, "Reba, your head was bobbing up and down like the whole time she was talking, just That's nodding awesome. your head." It was. Yeah. They were like, "We knew you were on board with what she had to say." So. Um, so I want you to share with our listeners a little bit about what that topic was that, that you were covering that day. Sure. Well, thank you um, first for the affirmation when I was speaking. Whenever you are speaking in front of a live audience, you often scan the room to mm-hmm. see whether what you're saying is connecting with people. So yes. getting a lot of head noddings and a lot of yeses from the amen corner was actually pretty gratifying. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but, you know, I was there, so I accepted the invitation, and it was really a conversation about regionalism. Right. And we hear that term a lot, but if you think about the way we sometimes conduct ourselves, we can be very, very provincial and very guarded in our borders. Right. And, you know, I tell folks that, you know, we are part of the metropolitan Seattle region, and mm-hmm. that extends all the way from Snohomish County to King County and Pierce County. Mm-hmm. Right. It is a population base of about 3.7 million people. Mm-hmm. It is one of the fastest growing regions in the entire United States. Yes. And with good reason. Right. There is a quality of life here. There is natural beauty. And we know mm-hmm. that there are a lot of important. Em- em- employment opportunities and job opportunities so people want to live here for yeah, good reason. we're so much more diversified i moved here at the tail end of 1989 yeah and it's changed so drastically in in a good way i mean a lot of people are kvetching about like oh gosh and the traffic and the prices and it's like yeah but if you've owned your house since 1971 uh you kind of just won a mini lottery 
Right. Right. Because my mom does real estate back in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And I keep reminding our listeners, the average sale price across the rest of the United States is about 260, 265,000. And we have this massive benefit like yes yes it hits the wallet too but you can't get that in a lot of other places and many people who are now retiring out of the area are able to do so so much more comfortably and with the cost of care and longevity being as you know as expected right now uh, it's a, it's a completely different kind of ballpark really yeah oh, it it really is very different and you know, I was reading an article about, um, I think it was outside of Akron, Ohio. Okay. And they were talking about the gentrification conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have people mm-hmm. saying, well, you know, well, we don't want gentrification because it's bad for folks. But a person who was writing an article about real estate in Ohio said, yeah. property values are so low in this town that mm-hmm. the people who own homes won't even make investments to upgrade because right. it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, right. you know, on the one hand, you have this profound prosperity here in this region where you, you've seen property values go up dramatically. But remember, this is not happening all across the country. No, correct. And exactly. I, and I still remember a time, maybe 25 some odd years ago, when I would hear leaders in Seattle say, we want to be world class one day. We want to be on the global stage. Mm-hmm. Well, we are now. We, we are. Yeah, and that's absolutely. that was one of the things that you brought up at that function and one of the, you know, I loved your conversation about regionalism because uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Sound Transit on yet again. So Kimberly Reason, um, who is in charge of their community relations, she came on and was talking about the expansions of, you know, we've talked about ST2, ST3 on prior shows. And then she talked more about some of the other, uh, you know, lines that they're putting in with like West Seattle right. and into Ballard and down to Tacoma right. and even touching on the east side. And it was funny because right after she was on our show, a bunch of these pamphlets started showing up in the mail, <laughs> right. supporting everything that we had just talked about. Right. Well, yeah. no, and what's interesting about Sound Transit and, you know, when I was mayor of Tacoma, mm-hmm. I served on the board of Sound Transit. So a lot of these oh, projects, okay. so a lot of these projects you see that are opening today were actually from ST2. Right, and even, yes. you know, and even prior. Yeah. And so yeah. I right. think sometimes we kind of lose sight of how long it takes to get these projects online. And, yes. you know, we all want these projects faster. Right. But I tell folks that, you know, we have these things in the United States called property rights and environmental mm-hmm. impact studies. So you can't just take land and build what you want. Right. Consequences be damned. I mean, you know, you yeah. go through a very, very long public process mm-hmm. so that stakeholders understand what's happening. But I will tell you that, you know, I really believe that having regional mass transit is really going to be a game changer, especially for the communities outside of Seattle proper. Absolutely. Well, and the thing that I see from, you know, an agent standpoint, and when we're talking with our clients, and they're trying to get to the affordability, but just because, again, even since 89, and I moved here, everything has changed. How we get around has changed drastically. And we have more and more home buyers Mm -hmm who don't have a car, maybe have never driven at all in their lives, really don't want to, and they want options. And then people who are downsizing also realize at some point, hey, maybe I don't want to, but I want to get around and I want to get to the things that I want. And so, you know, whether it's going to be the uh, self-driving vehicles, uh, Uber and Lyft have really changed the landscape of everything. And, you know, when you're looking at also some of the things that they're testing down in California right now with some of the fast, you know, underground transit, that's that's yet another area 
that could really change the face of things. Well, and, and it changes delivery. residential development. I mean, think about delivery now. Absolutely. You know, do, I, do I get in the car and drive to pick up groceries exactly. or, or food, dinner or whatever? Yeah. Not anymore. You know, you well, just pull out your phone anymore. Yeah. And everyone I know is always like, oh, Amazon this, order that, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, or Uber Eats or, you know, whatever these things are. But, you know, I'm one of these people, I love to communicate with folks. I don't. Mm-hmm. I already work from home. I don't need to become a hermit. Right. Okay. Yeah, well, that's true. So yeah. I I need to be out and I like to touch and feel and put the shoes on because, you know, it's just the way I am and clothes. I, I hate the idea of having to send stuff back because Amazon the other day screwed up one of my orders. Mm. You know, I don't order very often. And then I'm like, geez, it's like 50% of the time I do order. It's like, ah, that didn't either, sh- either show up the day they happen. said it was going to. Or, oh, gosh, my power cord for my laptop was wrong because someone picked the wrong product and didn't quality mm. check it. Well, every, you're absolutely right. I'm a Seattle native, so I've lived here my whole life. And so I've watched, you know, some some brilliant things happening mm-hmm. with Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then I've also watched some things that would have been detrimental to, say, traffic. Right. You know, like building a convention center over the top of a freeway. Uh, which or I the still... invention of the Prius. <laughs> well, that's in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how but, you feel uh, about it. Yeah, I know. But, uh, uh, yeah, that should be just a show. We need to do that. We'll just do the Prius show. I can just give you me an hour. Vent. I'll just vent an hour for an hour. I, I, I don't think it. this is a pro Prius show, is it? <laughs> no, no. no. So, but here's my question. Not for him. I like no. them. Yeah, but, you well, know. Uh, so, Marilyn, <laughs> yeah. but looking at the at the local level, mm-hmm. so your Seattle Metropolitan Chamber, so right. Seattle and the Metropolitan, meaning you're talking about the whole metropolitan area. Area. You know, of course, Seattle, uh, the city council has had a tenuous relationship with with a lot of people, especially if you happen to own rental property in the city. That's a friendly way and, of saying or that. Or if you want to drive a car into the city or park in the city, anything like that. So uh, with the chamber, I mean, your job is to attract businesses and, and grow. What do you do to kind of combat that or work with that? Yeah, so, you Actually, know, you know what? We're going to have to have you hold that thought. Yeah, we're going to hold that thought here. I wasn't watching the clock there. Uh, we got to pay just a couple of bills. uh, But when we come back, we've got more Marilyn Strickland with the Seattle Metropolitan Chamber of Commerce. Stay tuned, everyone. More Open House uh, with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The Answer. to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Austin is here from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage and Batman, our announcer. Yes. The most intense announcer in the entire radio world. I you think. know, well, you and I can both be pretty intense, so I guess he's paired well. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yes, yes, okay. A, I'm sure. Like a, like a Coca-Cola and salmon. I don't know. Some sort of a... Ew. I was trying to think of a wine I, pairing I, there. No, I'm being... Okay. Facetious uh, Pinot Noir, maybe. Oh, there you go. Yeah, oh. Man, make me thirsty. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, hmm, maybe. What am I going to go do after the show yeah. today? <laughs> so anyway, all right. But we might be pretty intense. We have the intense, but very lovely and more a, a calm, I'll say, uh, personality type. We have Marilyn Strickland, the president and CEO of the Seattle Metropolitan Chamber of Commerce, which is a mouthful. Uh, but Marilyn, thank you again for being here. Thank you. Yes. And before we went on the break. Eric, you had just gotten yeah. into a topic. I'll come in. I'll, I'll just summarize it. How are you dealing with the city of Seattle Council? <laughs> yeah, so he just cut to the chase. And, yes. you know, the question that you asked before we went on break was about transportation. Mm-hmm. 
and about real estate prices and yeah. and you know you and landlords up, and landlords mm-hmm. and you pointed out that you know as as a chamber of commerce you know we are a 136 year old organization and we are the region's largest business advocacy organization so mm-hmm. that is our core mission right so that means in English that we do what we can to help businesses be successful and that's businesses of all sizes whether right. you're a large global corporation or your local neighborhood restaurant mm-hmm. right and, and that includes like legislative types of assistance you know, going to bat for people, right? Right. So, yeah, so you will see us, you know, we have a state and local legislative agenda, and we do what we can to help make our businesses successful, but also understand that part of that success is the ability for their employees to get to and from work. Correct. Mm -hmm. The ability for their customers to get to and from their businesses if necessary. Absolutely. And all the other things that come with that, because the business, it's it's people. It's people who Mm -hmm. show up every day. It's people who are customers. We know that. And so, what policies do we support that make it easier to do that? Now, I will say that there are folks who will tell you that, well, if you support transit and buses, it means that you're anti-car. And that is That's a, not true that at is all. That is not true. Mm-hmm. We just want people to be able to get around in the ways that they need to. Right, and, because and, that also hits different socioeconomic. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. saying that, then you're basically saying, I don't give a rip about the elderly or people who have lower income or whatever it might mean. Or or the disabled. I mean, and and everyone will use transportation that is the most efficient and convenient for them. And let me give you a good example. Mm -hmm. So when you look at bus usage in Seattle, there are more what you call choice riders. These mm-hmm. are people who have cars, mm-hmm. and right, if right. they wanted to, yeah. they could fill up the gas tank, drive A lot in of my friends parking, are like that. Sure but thing. they choose to ride the bus because it is more convenient and more efficient. And they don't have to pay for parking. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you go to a place, and their employer will often, often subsidize the yep. bus pass. Yes, they will. They get cars. Orca, cars orca cars and all right. that. That's yeah. right. Now in a place like Tacoma and Pierce County, for example, a majority of the riders are what you call lifeline riders. Okay. These are people who really have no other means of transportation, okay. and using the bus is the only way they can get to school, gotcha. to work, and to the doctor's office. So even when you look at transit in the region, different communities use it differently. Right. But there is no such thing as too much investment in mass transit, because if you look at major metropolitan regions around the world— I, Absolutely. I say that owning, all the time. Owning a car— is not necessary to participate in the economy. And you heard me say owning a car. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. You can use a taxi. Well, you we, can but we've use got Uber. apps and technology and exactly. things where right. that, yeah. that, that solution's yeah. being solved. Yeah, and you know, and given the line of business that you two are in with real estate and lending, mm-hmm. you know, in many ways, we kind of think about housing affordability strictly in terms of how much is my mortgage, how much is my rent? And the mm-hmm. conversation is, how much of my income am I spending on that? Right. If you are able to be a one-car household, mm-hmm. you have just freed up money. A lot of money because we talk Mm -hmm. about this all the time that when people go get new cars, nowadays in particular, the payments are usually like $500 to $1,000. That's huge. Not counting fuel, not counting insurance, not counting tolls, not counting parking or everything else that goes along with it. 100%. 100%. Yeah, so for what it's worth and, you know, coming back to the conversation about regionalism, you know, it is important for us to think as a region because the rest of the United States and the rest of the world – they are not parsing borders between Bellevue, Seattle, Lakewood, Tacoma, and Everett. No, they're mm-hmm. not. They just see the Pacific Northwest. Every time I have someone relocating here, they're like, hey, I'm moving to Seattle. And then I actually start drilling down. I'm like, well, where in Seattle is your job? Well, it's actually over in Bellevue. Oh, okay. So what do you? So that makes a different conversation about 
you're commuting or what do you need to be close to? What's important in your life? How do you live your life? Right. You know, we get deeply into the personality of the mm-hmm. people that we're working with because it's not just here's my job. Here's my house. It, there's there's so many things that wrap around it. And oftentimes they're not always going to be in just one town. No, they're not. But this is you know, but we're all part of the same metropolitan region. Exactly. And so how do we kind of not think about what I call the government borders that separate us and diff- mm-hmm. you know, different bodies of government? You know, at the same time, though, you know, when we talk about job growth in this region, you know, a lot of it is centered in Seattle and mm-hmm. our transportation system is made to accommodate people coming into Seattle and mm-hmm. leaving Seattle. And it is my hope that long term, we start to look at some of our large high wage employers and they start to think about what I would call geographic equity. Maybe there is a chance to put some jobs up in Everett, down in Tacoma, and in other places outside the core, because if the talent pool is coming to commute, it clearly exists. And so how do we start to think about this mass transit system we're building Mm -hmm. and more geographic dispersion of high-wage jobs? So do you you believe that, like, let's say that we we get to that point, we're going to have this system built out fairly well within about a decade or 20 years from now, maybe? Yeah, because right now, the way I see it, a business has who has offices here, if they are looking at opening up another office or expanding, they're not looking in the Northwest. They're looking elsewhere, other right. parts of the country. So are you thinking that if the, as the transportation system improves, that we'll have a better shot at retaining all of that business's business? Well, you know, I think it depends on the function. And so, you know, this, I mean, when you think about the 21st century economy, this is a fight for talent. Mm -hmm. And companies are choosing to locate in places where they think their employees want to live. Right. And that varies by industry and by sector. And so Mm -hmm. how do we make this the most desirable place for a business to locate and to be honest with you, to expand? Right. Because if a company is saying, doing their back office operations in Dallas or Mm -hmm. in Phoenix, right well, isn't there something locally that could work for you instead of having to move to a different state? And Absolutely. So, and you know, these are business decisions based on cost of labor and cost of doing business. But I just think that there's an opportunity here for us to really think of ourselves more regionally. So instead of having to grow into another region, right. you can stay right here because there are options. Okay, uh, I even want to use Amazon as an example. because Well, no, because I know everybody freaked out when HQ2, and of course now they've got the East Coast footprints. But Amazon resides in Seattle, but they also have just leased up a ton of space over in Bellevue and a lot of their warehousing spaces in Kent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even they are, I mean, everyone always thinks, oh, Seattle, Seattle, Seattle. No, they're, and then they of course have locations all over the United States because now they're like a you know major shipping company, but they themselves have had to do that. And part of it, you know, like when I look at where people are, are moving to, depending on what's important to them or how they want to affect schools or or what schools they want to be in, Microsoft started the trend by doing the connector. And they're the second largest transportation company in the area behind Metro, right? And every one of the large companies that's here does that now. There's at least five connectors just for Amazon alone on the east side. So it totally made sense that they were going to open some facilities over there, just the same as Microsoft went from Redmond to Bellevue and also has locations here in Seattle. Yeah, you know, and again, to people making decisions about that, you know, going across the lake to Bellevue doesn't even seem like you're going to a different place. It's part Mm -hmm. of the same region. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, Boeing's all over the place, too. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. again, we got so many of these big regional employers. I just it's. It's, it's myopic to say, oh, it's only just Seattle. Okay, but let, let me ask you this, though, because if how does this work if you're trying to attract a business to our region? They're flying in here from wherever, yeah. you know, some other part of the country. 
So they, they fly into SeaTac. They're going to shuttle up to, let's say, Seattle. Right. How, what's, what's the optics of coming into Seattle now? And, and, and how is that something that the chamber can, can fix? And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, I mean, well, there are two optics. The optics is you come to a really super busy, crowded airport that's bursting at the seams. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what is the curb appeal as you make your way through Seattle? Mm-hmm. So it depends on whether you take light rail or if right. you're driven or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I think what you're not talking about, I'll just say out loud, is like, you know, you see a street population that is very visible. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, to a lot of people who are civic boosters, and that's people who are renters, property owners, mm-hmm. businesses, philanthropy, all of them. You know, we're saying to ourselves, okay, so, you know, what message are we sending about this city? And number mm-hmm. one, you know, how we care for those in need, but also, you know, w- w- what's what's going on here? Because if you look around, you know, you did not see the visible homeless population Five years five ago. Five years ago no, compared wasn't. to what you see today. And so yeah, I think it does. Exploded. Yeah, you know, it, and it does raise questions. But I will say this, though. You know, the homeless population that has, has been here for a long time. Yeah. What is when I moved now? here, I was shocked by it because I moved from the Midwest and had never seen it before. Right. And, and But what's different now is that the visibility right. and the number of people you see mm-hmm. homeless is. And, but also, too, there's one distinction I like. I, I think it's important to make. Every person you see on the street is not necessarily a homeless person. And I think sometimes we presume that if you see someone on the street that they are not housed. There is a street population there is, that, that, ex- that exists. True. But, but let's say that you... And also, they're not all unemployed either. Like a lot, There's mm-hmm. a lot of people living in those places that are mm-hmm. holding down jobs. Yeah, and, and we could talk about the different right. categories of, of the people. But uh, let's say somebody comes to Seattle for a convention mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're a thriving business and they are thinking, you know... They have a fantastic experience here. They go, I love the city. I had right. a great time. Everything was fantastic. I want to move my business here. Yeah. You know, that's really what we want. That's right. what we need. And and so are there things that the chamber can do or chamber members or, or pressure on the city council to sort of drive us in that direction? Well, I mean, I don't think that that work ever stops because I tell folks that the people who live in Seattle and the people who have businesses here, <clears throat> excuse me, are the best ambassadors. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, when you talk to visitors about, you know, what what they like about Seattle, <clears throat> people will typically refer to the physical. Mm-hmm. You come here on a nice day in the fall, the mountain's out. Oh, it's oh yeah. The day doesn't end Everyone until 10 o'clock. You see a ferry go across the sound. People mm-hmm. are walking around. They're in a good mood. That's how most people get suckered in. That's mm-hmm. how you get suckered in, you know. <laughs> You know, come here in the dead of winter Before in January. Before the darkness. <laughs> it's, yeah. Exactly. It's so, February, so yeah, it's raining, yeah. So there's you know, there's a story to tell. Yeah. But as far as you know, what we can do, you know, I mean, there are two things. We need to make our businesses successful because right. again, the testimonial from business owners is probably our mm. best message yep. to I other agree. potential businesses. I agree. Yeah. I you just want so like, okay, so Marilyn, you should know that we have been trying for I don't know a year or two to get shawarma. Two years. Two years to try and get Shwarma to come on our show. We keep taunting her and inviting her. Oh, you mean Shama Sawant? Yeah, okay. Sawant. Sorry, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I always thought it was Shwarma. Okay. But Sawant, yeah. So we keep trying to get her on the show. But uh, we've got so many. Invite still open. It, it is still open. If anybody knows her, Sawant, come on on. But uh, anyway, we still have with us Marilyn Strickland, who is the president and CEO of the Seattle Metropolitan Chamber with us on the show. We'll be right back on Open House with Team Reba after this. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer.
Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. Did you almost forget where you were at? No, I knew right where I was at. Reba, (laughs) if somebody wants to reach you, heaven forbid, how do they do it? Well, the easiest thing, if you're just looking for information or want to get some general uh, info over to us, send it to info at teamreba.com. But we do have all of our social networks as well that you can reach out. Um, you can f- send us a Facebook message. You can find me on Twitter at Team Reba. You can find me on Instagram even, Team Reba Real Estate. Or you can contact me directly at 206-910-3429. There you go. And if you have a finance-related question, you can reach me. And I'm always happy to answer story problems. Love story problems. Yeah, not you read know. stories to it's your like, kids. Let me tell you about my situation. You know, and I, I we we love love solving problems like that. Always happy mm-hmm. to give estimates and comparisons and Absolutely. just kind of a, give you a second second opinion on things. But you can catch me on Facebook at Eric is my banker. You can also get me by email, eric at ericismybanker.com. There's a theme. There you go. Twitter? Is Eric guess, your banker? Guess. Anyone? Anyone? On what? Twitter? <coughs> my Twitter handle is? Eric is my banker. There you go. And your and, website. Yeah. Ericismybanker.com. Where if you want and, to go ahead and put in a loan application, you can yeah. do it right there. How about that, too? Yeah. Or you can call me, 206-915-ERIC. There you go. With so a C. There you go. Yep, that's Eric right. Eric with a C. That's right. All right. So we are still back here with Marilyn Strickland, President and CEO of the Seattle Chamber. So again, thank you being with us today. Thank you. Um, so we were ending last segment talking about what kind of things that the Chamber is up to and what you're doing in terms of um, helping promote business and, and the business climate here. But you have a lot of other things that, that go on at the Chamber. Because I know the Renton Chamber does quite a bit for the local community that many people don't realize. Um, can you share what uh, Seattle's up to? I used to be a member, by the way. When I lived in Seattle, I was a member there. I just switched over yeah. when I moved. But I do business up here all the time. So a few things. You don't have to be um, located in Seattle to belong to the Seattle Chamber. In fact, 35% of our members are outside of Seattle. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe I need to rejoin. And and the also think, other thing, too, we have about 2,400 members, and 80% of our membership qualifies as what you call small business, and mm-hmm. that means they have 100 or fewer employees. And, you know, we do a lot of events every year. And, you know, we just launched last year our series called Elevate Northwest, and that focuses specifically on small businesses. Mm. Because, as you all know, small businesses often have challenges with business plans, access to capital, Mm -hmm. forming relationships, just a whole host of things. And so we really want to hear from our local small businesses and find out what would be valuable to them. Another thing that we do, too, is we launched an initiative about a few, a few years ago called Women in Business and Leadership Initiative. Okay. And this is really an opportunity for women to get together to hear from other successful women in business, what were some of their challenges, what opportunities do they see, and an opportunity to network and get to know each other. Because awesome. as you all both know, relationships mm-hmm. make the world go round and Absolutely. relationships make business work. Absolutely. 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 All the time. That's that's a constant thing that I do at my local chamber, but even just personally. Yeah. I mean, I just I was over in Kitsap because I, I also cover part of Kitsap now. And I was there Friday of last week and Thursday evening spent the night with a friend of mine who lives there. But she works here in the city of Seattle. Right. right. She takes the ferry over and found out that they were uh, hiring. And lo and behold, a friend of mine who I used to work with in software before I got in real estate she just I just sold her a house on Vashon Island 
And I was going to go see her after I was done with my appointment with the inspection in Bremerton for another client who's a interior designer who has both been on our show and other things. And so I was going to connect her with a painter. The gal from Vashon Island was going to connect with my friend in Bremerton because they're hiring and she apparently is now looking. Right. And then, you know, it, it was just like it's I'm just constantly connecting people. And like right now I have a commercial building for sale down in Renton. And I went to an event and I'm both, you know, cross talking the building being available while talking to somebody else about, you know, sponsoring a wine walk. Yep. And then, by the way, I should let you know, Rick, uh, Rick Marshall, who has been on the show from the fire department, the chief, mm, Omar, 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 the dough roller. roller. Yep. <laughs> I have to throw it out there. He's going to love me for that. Worked with me <clears throat> back in the late seventies at pizza Haven when we were both very, very young. And yeah. Stupid. Oh my God. Pizza yeah. Haven. Oh yeah. yes. With the flowery crust. Oh, yeah, yes. Way back. Way back. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So he's doing the Columbia city stair climb challenge mm, and he's I in competition with the chief of Bellevue. Excellent. So I went and promoted that for them because they're doing that. It's for a uh, blood cancer cure. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just like constantly. Yes. I, I'm like a mini version of you. There you, go. <laughs> you just do it on a much larger scale. Right. But, but, but it's about connectivity and relationships and how we know each other through this network of people yeah. that we you know, that we all know. Absolutely. Super important. But you're also providing services to help a business that locates here get off their feet, right? Mm-hmm. Don't you have, um, I was looking at your website. And get it off like their you, feet or on their feet? On your feet. Did I say off your yeah. feet? Yeah. Oh, well, to get on their yeah. feet and to stay there. Right, yeah. right. So you have like a, is it like a toolkit or what, what do you do when a new business joins? So, you know, I mean, every new business that ends up in this region doesn't necessarily come to the chamber to say, help me get set up. Right. But the thing about the chamber is that we have access and relationships with just about any entity that can help you. Mm-hmm. And that includes lender, the lenders, the small business association. We have contacts at city hall. We have contacts at the county. And so I think it's just, again, you know, we're, we're a network. And I often joke that the calls that come through our front desk in our reception area, I mean, people will just call and say, yeah, um, I'm a tourist in town. And can you tell me where the best barbecue restaurant is. And so people yep. rely on chambers of commerce to know just about everything that's Got happening it. in a the city. Sure. They absolutely so, you know, do. It's our, you know, so, you know, Jenny, who, um, you know, runs our front desk and our office manager is just, you know, she's very good at that. She's very, very funny, but also really good at helping people get connected to the folks that they know. So it really Ooh. is about connectivity and but relationships. But what's the answer? <laughs> you got to ask Jenny. I can't do advertising for any businesses <laughs> yeah. right Call now. Call and ask Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling Jenny right after we, right after we get done with the show. <laughs> Jenny's going to be like, what in the world did you yeah. do, Marilyn? Everyone's calling me for barbecue. <laughs> no, but, but but again, coming back to you, like, you know, what does a chamber do? And, you know, and some people, to be honest with you, when I took this job, they said, so now what exactly do you do at the cha- What does a chamber of commerce do? And yeah. I come back to, first and foremost, we're a business advocacy organization. Right. We advocate for opportunity. We advocate for employers. We advocate for policies that help business. But we also understand that, in the 21st century, we do have a responsibility to help improve our community. And I mm-hmm. think that ethos is very, very apparent in the metro Seattle area. I would say of all the markets I've ever visited or have lived in, people here in Seattle really take this social responsibility thing very, very seriously. No, 100% you're agree. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and they're willing to take extra steps. They're willing to spend money if it is going to a good cause. What yeah. people don't like is waste. And so if things mm-hmm. are set up efficiently and it's it's beneficial to our environment, our community, our customers, yeah, it's a win, win, win. <laughs> yeah, there it word. is again. Yeah. It's mutually beneficial. <laughs> you Thank you. I like. I prefer that one. I like that yeah. better. 
Yeah. Excellent. So, um, Marilyn, if somebody has questions for you or the chamber, is there a good uh, way to reach you? Yeah, absolutely. So two things I would like your listeners to do is to visit our website, seattlechamber.com. And then if you have a question for me directly, you can send me an email to marilyn.strickland at seattlechamber.com. Easy. Isn't that, that's different than what your car, oh, okay. You changed it. Got it. Got, got it. it. Got it. Got, got it. it. Okay. Got it, got so it. the fact that you even just put an actual personal email out there, kudos on you. That's why yes. I keep doing info at teamreba.com all the time. <laughs> to find the best barbecue. That's right. Email. That's right. No, never mind. Okay. Uh, so Seattle Chamber, and then you talked about the women's event coming. Is that does that tie into like a women's women in business month or something like that? Because I someone yeah. was telling me recently that there's because uh, I know uh, Renton Downtown Par- Partnership. Um, they have a women's event coming up, and I think it's tied to like a women's business month focus. Well, in my opinion, every month is women's business month. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, hallelujah. I'm yeah. with you there. Yeah, so, but I, and I don't know if this ties in anything specifically, but the, mm-hmm. the event that we're having will be on February 13th. It will be at the Columbia Tower, and it's a luncheon program. And so, if there are any listeners interested in coming, and we welcome people. Of all genders. So okay. if you want to come, just show up. And then I think one thing I think it's really Is important. there a cost for that, did you say? Yeah, I believe there's a cost. And if you go to our website, seattlechamber.com, there you, go. you can look up the event. But I think there's one thing I really want to promote here is that yeah. one service that we offer that a lot of people don't know about is that we help connect you with access to affordable health care. And a lot of small businesses cannot afford to provide health care for their employees. Yeah. And in okay. this hyper-competitive environment for talent, people are looking for those kind of benefits. Yes. So if you come to the Seattle Chamber website, go to our Business Health Trust and look it up and see if you're interested. Okay, excellent. fantastic. That's excellent news for all of our listeners, small business owners as well as large business owners. A lot of things we covered here today. Again, go to seattlechamber.com if you want to see more about that. And we want to thank you again so much, Marilyn, for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash max Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage.